0: All right, all right, all right, welcome back to the Nation. Continuing on our episodes relating to domestic violence, our guest today went through that rollercoaster of abuse and then dependency on substances to try to hide it. As she groaned, she came out on the other side and is stronger for it. She's a survivor and a certified advocate and mentor to many women. She's an overcomer and a lady who is resilient. She has a story of abuse to that of a victor. She creates awareness in her community where none had existed before in a rural area in Alabama. So, without further ado, let's get Misty on here, host of the Honest Survivor Podcast. Huh. So, I want you want you to tell the audience a little bit about your backstory?
1: Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I am. I was abused at the age of eighteen years old. Um, I I met. I thought was the guy that I would be with for the rest of my life. And, um, come to find out he, he wasn't abusive before we got married. Um, but I met him at 17, got pregnant. And then shortly after that, I turned 18 years old and found myself in a marriage with a monster. Um, that's what he turned out to be. And, um, I'm from a small community in Alabama. I'm from the state of Alabama and, um, so being in a rural area like this, where I'm from, you know, domestic violence really wasn't talked about. So when I was being abused, I didn't even know what that term mean, you know, what it, what it meant. I didn't, I didn't even know that there was such a term called domestic violence. And um, so I finally, after three years of torment, because he was so brutal, he, he didn't just physically torture me, but he also mentally tortured me. And then, um, right after that, I, I turned to drugs. I mean, it wasn't an everyday thing and I was a functional drug addict and I worked and did drugs. And, um, because I thought those drugs, obviously when I started doing those at 20 years old, they numbed the pain, um, of what I had previously went through. And, uh, when I turned about 28 years old, I stopped doing drugs. I I just stopped everything. um, But I had been through a tumultuous second marriage with the guy that I got hooked on drugs with. And so I went through a very um, dark time when I was in my 20s. And most of it, I'll agree, it was just a blur and it was full of pain. And um, I didn't have my child at the time. And so I suffered a lot from a lot of regret and a lot of it not, you know, not being able to have her every day that I wanted her and so I didn't start healing really from all of this stuff until I was in my uh, mid-30s and I got into a really good relationship with a man and I just started self-exploring who I really was because I had lost who I was when I went through all that abuse I didn't know who I was I had lost that person and so it took me quite a while to build her back up and Once I felt like I was strong enough to talk about the abuse on a public platform like a podcast, I said, you know something, before I die, which at the time I was on oxygen, I had went through a very severe health issue. Also, um, I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to speak out and I'm going to tell my story. And hopefully by telling my story, it'll help other women, you know, get the bravery up and get, you know, get out their stories also maybe this this journey that i'm on will cause other women to want to hop on this same journey and it did just that so now i'm proud to say that i invite so many talented women that have been through abuse but now they are thrivers and survivors like i am and they help women all over the world just like i do so you know it it takes a while to get through you know, the pain of what you went through to be able to cross over and advocate for other women and be that beacon of light and beacon of hope that they need, because you can't, you cannot help anyone unless you're healed, you know? And, um, so now, I mean, I just, I advocate as a victim's advocate and I podcast and I let women, of all walks of life come on to my podcast and tell their stories about survival and tell about how they were able to break free from violence and then how they're able to thrive and help other women, you know, and that's essentially my story, honestly. Uh, It probably could be a little bit more graphic, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) But that's it. I mean, that's me in a nutshell, you know, and, uh, I'm I'm just proud that I'm in the space that I'm in today, and that I'm able to talk to all these other women and and meet these wonderful, talented women from all across the world. It's just amazing what my podcast has allowed me to do, and the people that it's brought into my life. Because it's brought some pretty amazing people in my life. I'll be honest.
0: I bet your connection your connection list has probably grown exponentially over time, and I'm glad that you were able to come through this journey and still moving forward in positive light on the other side of it. And a lot of people can't say that like, you know, and especially with this being uh, leaning into Domestic Violence Awareness Month of October This is the last day of September now. can't believe it already, but uh, there's so many that don't make it over that hump and don't make it to the other side because they don't have that support system or they don't realize that they have a problem or they think it's normal before they get out, you
1: know? Well, my family, whenever I was caught up in uh, abuse, they, they, you know, was trying to get me away from him. And, you know, and the police officer that my mother spoke to back then, he said, look, we can't get her out. You cannot get her out of this. She has to want to get out of this. You can do everything you want to do. You can try your best to talk to her. You know, she's at the age of 18. There's no way you can go and, kidnap her and make her leave this man, you know, she's gotta be willing to want to leave. And, you know, there's so many different things that women stay with these men because of. You know, whether it be financial, they've got children with this person, they're afraid of this human being. I mean, there's just so many different things that cause women to not want to leave because that's the biggest question that that we're asked is why didn't you leave? You know, why didn't you just walk away? Well, sometimes it's not always that easy. So, you know, and then the healing process is not easy also. It's it's a long, long drawn out journey sometimes. And you've got to find who you are again. And um, because being traumatized, you know, deeply traumatized mentally and physically will nearly break a person. So you have to figure out how to get yourself back. And right. a, yeah, even on a spiritual level, I had to figure out um, through my spirituality because I grew up as a Christian girl. And even I had to find who my savior was again. I actually had to really explore my spirituality also, you know? So, I mean, there's just a lot to it. There, there is. And, but you can get there, you know, the, the victims that are out here that are still in domestic violence, They're not alone and neither are survivors that are still, you know, questioning themselves or, you know, are still in their healing process. They're not alone. I mean, there, there's so many women out here that are going through the same thing.
0: Oh, definitely. And uh, like, like you said, they're not alone, but it's just finding out that you're not alone, which will help them get over that, that major hump to get towards healing them self healing and self uh, preservation at that point. And you will. for years, we've seen on, on Oprah or Dr. Phil or name any of those talk show hosts, they'd always have a woman on there with some weird guy or some guy that was abusive towards them or or vice versa, a woman abusing a man, and they would always stay. And that's a question like you answered there. No one would understand why they would stay. Why do you stay right, in a situation? Right. But you don't know the the anchor, the roots that are there that make them stay or or what they make them think that they need them for at that point.
1: Exactly. And um, trauma bonding is one of the biggest reasons that women do stay. Um, they, they form a, a bond with their, their abuser, and it's in the form of trauma bonding because obviously their abuser has had a traumatic experience or whatever trauma that person went through as a young boy or young girl or whatever, you know, it being a woman or a male that's abusive. Uh, because, like you said, you know, men are abused as well, it's not just us women. Um, Far and few between what they are. And so, um, you know, I get asked a lot about, you know, trauma bonding. Well, my abuser, he came from a traumatic background. He came from, I saw mom and dad abuse each other like his stepfather. But now his mother and his father, he went through a traumatic experience as far as his dad just leaving him and him being abandoned. And his mother was quite aggressive with him growing up. So, you know, it's like almost he had a hatred for women. Like, it's almost like I felt like he was taking his aggression. He was angry with his mother. And it was like he was taking his aggression out on me. But I felt sorry for him. And that goes back to trauma bonding. We we, we form this bond with our abusers because we feel sorry for them. They've also went through trauma. So it's almost like we, we get this little bond. You know what I mean? Because we're going through it. They have went through it so it's a trauma bond that's why i guess they call it that but there's so much that you know that is behind that you know but it's yeah a lot of- uh, it, it's unfortunate you know that women and men go through abuse and and i'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to be easy to break free from abuse if you're out there and you're going through it because it's not easy it's different. Oh, right. yeah. yeah
0: it's it's a fight at that point to to come through and, and find the better you like you did, uh, both right. mentally, physically, and spiritually on the other mm-hmm. side. And like you said, that trauma bond, it kind of relates to the Stockholm Syndrome when people are taken hostage. Mm-hmm. You kind of link in with your hostage taker at some point and become more towards them than you are towards getting out. So it's right, that Stockholm right. Syndrome. Yeah. It's kind of the same, same bondage.
1: Yeah, I've cool. actually studied that. And, you know, it's, it's really wild. It, it really, really is how people you know how we feel you know as humans we we what it is is we have empathy and compassion for our abusers or for our capturers and it's like you know you you form that bond because you start feeling sorry for them right and you feel like that they can change that there's something there that's going to just you know one day they're going to wake up and snap they're going to be someone else
0: yeah, and you don't know who they, you don't know which person they're going to be, or or what they're going to do to you.
1: Right, that's true. Yes. So, but um, I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed, and I feel as if I was one of the lucky ones that was able to get out without being killed. And so now, as um, an advocate for women, I I see a lot of parents that are suffering because their children were taken by domestic violence or a uncle or an aunt that their niece or nephew was taken. You know, the family members that have to suffer because they lost a loved one to it. So uh, my goal now is to try to bring, you know, some type of memory to their name. I I love to do that too. And I I love to dedicate the work that I do to To people that have passed away from domestic violence um and their families you know i honor their families uh wholeheartedly so that's another thing that keeps me fighting you know
0: that's another another sense of purpose for you as you move forward that's a really good thing to have is that sense that you are able to help others where you might not have thought you had that help in the past when you were in the heart of it and in the heat of it i should say he did a battle so I've seen you have uh, the Man Up uh, the Man Up Foundation, Man Up.
1: Oh, Talk yeah. to us about um, that. Yeah. Um, back about, I'd say, back in 2012, 2020, um, I met a young man. His name is Brandon Wilcox. And he had a friend, and I won't say her name, you know, out of respect for her family members. But um, she w- was killed by her ex-husband and was found in a parking lot in the, one of the local cities. And um, he just was like fed up, you know what I mean? And he, he made news. He was like, let's do a man up movement. He's a coach. And he, he typed this letter up of the man up movement. I wish I had it right in front of me so I could explain it to you better. But um, it was kind of like he wanted to start talking to young men, the coaches, since he was a coach he just felt so dedicated to young men that play sports and stuff like that. And so he challenged all the men in the state of Alabama, all the coaches and stuff to start speaking out to their ballplayers about the man up movement. And so I took it upon myself. I emailed him and I said, look, can I be a part of this with you because I'd love to be a co-founder and I'd like to go ahead and move this forward. And, you know, he was like, sure, let's get it going. And, You know, of course, he was busy with his football team at the time, and so I um, took it upon myself to go out to some of the local schools. I got their permission, and uh, the coaches were just so phenomenal, the ones that I worked with, and we had uh, sponsored T-shirts made, and we took pictures, and one of the stories actually made the local news um, about manning up, and um, I could not be any more prouder of these young men because – The majority of them just just, they sit there and mesmerizing looks to me, you know, and they listen to me so well. And all of them were so loving and respectful to me. And, you know, as a survivor, not just an advocate, that just meant the world to me. And um, I was actually able to do it at my alma mater, a place where I went to school. And that's where my dad went to school and all my family. And so it was a very special moment for me. And I'll never forget it.
0: That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That I,
1: it would be undefined. nice if, if we could, like, if I could get more backing with it and I could, like, start a program up that would be, you know, I, I mean, really, honestly, if you just break it all down, there needs to be an educational program not just for young men but for girls, too. They need to know what kind of red flags to be looking for. I mean, we need to educate our youth, we do. That's where this starts. This starts at a young age. We need to we need to try to educate, you know, educate our youth on what domestic violence is and how they can prevent it, and you know what type of bad relationships not to step into, you know, because you know young girls they're coming up and they, there's some young men and you know and there's a lot of teen violence, believe it or not, uh, dating violence. Uh, the month of February—that's what it, the month of February is. Um, teen violence awareness month.
0: And um, I think I think teens are even more violent now than uh, they were when I was a kid. Or at least yeah. it's more broad—it's more broadcast now. I should say. Right, I'm sure there right. was a lot of violence when I was a kid. It, we just didn't have a a mobile video camera with us everywhere we went to show it to the world. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So now it's uh, its kind of like a rite of passage to fight somebody. And then I think, like you're saying, uh, you've got to educate both boys and girls because if a girl or a boy in a house sees mom or dad hitting each other, they think that's what they need to have in a relationship. Right, right. So they go, out, yeah. they go out and try to find that same relationship or push that relationship on someone. And then it just, the cycle just keeps going on and on and on. And it'll never stop.
1: Rob, right. you're exactly right. Yeah. And so if we can break the cycle or, you know, break that before it even starts, we'll be doing good. And, you know, we need a program that educates young people. But, you know, just like the D.A.R.E. program, it was, you know, against drugs or whatever. You know, we had that program when we was growing up. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah. Um, In school, you know, and I feel like that domestic violence has become so, you know, prevalent. I mean, it happens so much that I feel like we need a program out here that there needs to be a program started and I don't know what that looks like and who would start that, but I would be willing to be a part of that program if it ever started.
0: So. Well, I'm sure with the platform you have, your podcast and your speaking and your advocacy, you could probably find some uh, pretty big people to come along with you and start that project and, and get it going.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's actually been something that I've wanted to do and, that I would love to talk to, you know, some women about. Um, and they are just, some of the women that I know that are big advocates in, in the circle of advocacy, they really are just slam packed busy, but I'm, I'm grateful that they're busy because it's a wonderful thing for them to go out here and advocate and talk and speak. And um, the more that you talk about it, the better off that you are. I mean, other people, listen to these stories and they're like okay well this is happening you know because people want people to be silent about domestic violence they don't they don't like it it's like they don't want to hear that this is actually going on and uh a lot of that's because like what we were talking about before you know uh it's ridiculous that people feel like well it's not happening to me so we're not worried about talking about it you know what i mean
0: exactly yeah exactly and if, like I said, if it's not in your face, it's not there, and that's the, the crying shame of it. And it be, becomes like a, the, I hate to say this, but it becomes like a cancer, because exactly. it just it festers, and then it metastasizes, uh, uh, whatever the big word is, it moves right. on to other parts or other people, and then and then all of a sudden now it's a problem because now it's on my front porch, and I don't know what to do with it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. No doubt. But um, yeah. I mean, I I, I just. For the future of what's going on nowadays, you know, we got COVID going on, and I couldn't imagine. And I, it's like I told a girl yesterday, I couldn't imagine going through domestic violence through this, vi- through this virus and wow, yeah. all of the all of the seclusion that's going on in these homes. You know, you're already you was already isolated when you were in domestic violence, so now you're isolated even further because of this virus that's going on. So I couldn't imagine being a female right now in the middle of a virus, a you know, global pandemic, and I'm having to deal up. with being abused, you know.
0: Stuck in the house with the person that does it to you all the time. Right. All, exactly. alone. Wow.
1: Right. Yeah. There's no way <laughs> so she, out. Now she feels like she has no way out.
0: And it's you two and the DoorDash guy or gal coming to deliver your food every once in a while. Exactly. So it,
1: yeah.
0: it, it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster is what it is.
1: Yes, it really is. It really
0: is. So, Misty, if you can give advice to someone that is in a situation like you were when you were uh, 18 and 19 in that relationship, if you can give advice to someone that's starting a relationship like that and they might see the flags, what would you tell them?
1: I would tell them to, um, to never um, feel like they're alone, for one, to know that there is help and there's organizations and there's women out here that are there for them. And they need to try and figure out how to – Um, get a safety plan, and they need to realize their self-worth. They need to stop feeling like that they've got to depend on that person, that abuser, because they are worth more than this abuse. They're worth more than this. They don't have to feel like that there's no one else that's going to love them because there's other people out here that are looking for somebody to be good to, you know, not to mistreat, because my abuser quite often told me I would never find nobody to love me like he did, <laughs> which yeah. is really psychotic because, you know, everything he was doing to me, but, uh, just know what red flags are. Know that, um, being cussed out or, uh, being hit on, that's not love. You know, love doesn't hurt. Love is not designed to hurt you like that. And, um, those are, um, the signs of domestic violence and that there is a way out. And, um, all they got to do is ask for help, and it's there. There's, there's so many organizations and so many numbers and so many things that they can get in touch with and contact. I'm on Facebook, by the way. My name's Misty Shavers. For anybody listening, my podcast is I'm a Survivor Podcast. You can hear it on any kind of platform you want to hear it on.
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: So, yeah. Well,
0: but, thanks, uh, Misty, for taking some of your time today to share your story and for everything you're doing in the domestic violence uh, realm in the world there to help out with advocacy and try to help others
1: oh yes no doubt thank you richard for having me i appreciate it
0: that was great chat with misty check out her her show i'm a survivor on anchor and all other platforms where you get your best podcast and help her spread advocacy any way you can so you know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on The Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, become a supporter and help us carry us on. If you know someone that wants to be on a show and is full of energy, point them to the direction of TheMisfitNation.com and have them send us a message, either voice or, or a written message, and we'll get back to them as soon as possible. So as always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Cause we are the missing.